Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We share our stories to encourage and equip each other to live out our faith in Jesus. We are so glad you're here. We might be obsessed with Taylor's story. From pancakes to the state fair, all the way to the big city, Taylor Hadwiger walks us through her journey. We can't help but see ourselves in her quest to find the fairy tale ending and her honest struggles along the way. Taylor reminds us of the God who never withholds good things from his children. Enjoy her story and be sure to listen all the way to the end for an after credit scene. Hi, welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. Today um, we have our guest, Taylor Hadwiger. You might remember Taylor from another episode about words, and we love Taylor so much that we had her come back to tell her story. And I'm so excited because if there's somebody's story that you want to listen to, it's Taylor's. It has everything you could ever want in a story. Um, So Taylor, tell me something that's brought you joy recently. First of all, that was so kind. Well, you're a kind person. I'm so flattered by all of those words. (laughs) Um, Something that has brought me joy. I am typically very self-focused. And so, yeah, very selfish. We'll just, we'll get that right off the bat. Um, Very self-focused, very selfish. And I think it was sweet because as I was thinking through things that have brought me joy lately, it's been watching the Lord work and move in people around me's Mm. life. And so that was just even cool of like, oh, wow, the Lord's answering my prayer of helping me to be less self-focused and to like love others the way that he loves them Mm -hmm. because I'm like, oh, I'm noticing this happen in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I'm like excited. And that wouldn't happen if I wasn't loving them the way the Lord does. Yeah. And so that's been really cool. Um, And then another thing is I've been looking for joy in the small things Mm -hmm. because I feel like I can be really bad about being like, okay, like, only the big things are joyful or it's only in the big things that we can see God's goodness or answered prayers or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I'm just inviting so much joy in the fact that like I figured out a couple of days ago that I could put cinnamon in my coffee when I brewed it. (gasps) Yes. Because I used to put it just straight into the coffee. But if you put it in the grounds, yes, which I was a barista for like four years. So I don't know how I just figured this out, but I did. Mm -hmm. That's been delightful. Yeah. Um, Pancakes are delightful. I I had some pancakes this morning and I just was like, nice. "Ah, Did you put cinnamon in your pancakes too? Okay. I... Yes. Yeah. I, I They were protein pancakes because I just like, mm-hmm. my coach has been telling me I need more protein. Um, they have blueberries in them. Mm-hmm. I put a little bit of almond extract in it because <gasps> it just makes pancakes better. Everyone should do it. And Ooh, that's going to change. It's so good. Now. It's so good. good. And then I do peanut butter on top and mm-hmm. cinnamon. And that's how I eat my pancakes. That sounds delicious. It's so good. Mm-hmm. So good. So those are all the places I've been finding joy. Some big and small things. <laughs> I love that. I think, oh yeah, I think that's going to tie in really nicely to your story too. I'm just thinking back. Okay, before I get run away with myself, Taylor, <laughs> you grew up in a small town in Oklahoma. Oh yeah. Um, tell me. Tell me about life growing up in Oklahoma. Man. Okay. I grew up in a really small town called Alva, Oklahoma. Alva? Alva. A-L-V-A. Like Alva and the chipmunk, but without. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, same thing. <laughs> um, and it's funny when people in Texas ask me, 
oh, where in Oklahoma are you from? I'm like, people in Oklahoma don't even know where I'm from. So I doubt that you'll know. Mm -mm. But one person did know, and I was actually, like, really surprised. I was like, wow, what a small world. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I grew up in a really small town. Uh, Some of my first memories are riding horses. Oh. Yeah. So I would always go out to my grandparents' farm and ride horses and just thought I was a small town girl, thought I wanted to – live on my grandparents' ranch for the rest of my life. That's sweet. Yeah, it is. It's funny because that absolutely is not how my life has turned out at all. Mm -mm. Um, And so that was just kind of growing up was being in a small town, riding horses. Whenever I got to middle school, I did all of the things, played all the sports and got into competitive dance. And that is when I realized I wasn't a small town girl because I started getting exposed to bigger cities Mm -hmm. and was like, oh, this is so fun. Maybe I'm a city girl. (laughs) And so hung up my spurs, um, stopped rodeoing (laughs) and started doing competitive dance. Well, it's a good thing you moved to Fort Worth because now you can rodeo all you want. I can bring the spurs back out. Yeah. I need a cowboy hat still. I have two, but neither of them fit me. You probably should just sell those. Get a, get one that fits well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of use them as decor because they don't fit my head. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. But I want I want one that actually fits my head. Yeah. That's a story for another time. It I is. accidentally shrunk one of them. It's just <laughs> a whole ordeal. <laughs> yep. Okay. So dance. You got into big cities, discovered a new fascinating life mm-hmm. that you really just desired Yeah. Thought it would fulfill you. Yeah. Needed it in your life. Totally. So I, even from a young age, started just associating goodness with my circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so it was always confusing and disorienting for me that I was living in a small town that didn't fit my desires and the way that I felt I was shaped. Mm -hmm. And so I just remember even from a young age being frustrated by my circumstances and feeling like I was having good withheld from me. Mm -hmm. And when I was in middle school and high school, I would have told you that I was a believer, but I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't even really have that shape of God's withholding these things from me, but I since that good was being withheld from me. Yeah. And so even just remember being in middle school and high school and being like, okay, when I get to the big city of Stillwater, Oklahoma, <laughs> like I'm not getting, oh like Stillwater was so big to me because my small, my town was so small. That's so funny. And so I was like, when I get to Stillwater and go to Oklahoma State, like everything is going to fall into place. Like everything that this small town has withheld from me is going to be, like, I'm going to have it at my fingertips. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was just like, I there's no boys for me to marry here. Mm-hmm. Um, like, <laughs> true. It's like I knew all of them. And I was like, none of y'all are making the cut. Taylor. Um, so funny. <laughs> and then that, along with just like, there weren't as many opportunities. There weren't as many people to be friends with. Yeah. There's just a lot of restraints that come with living in a small town in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when I just started even then putting my hope in, okay, when I get to a big city and when I start a new chapter of life, that's when like everything's going to fall into place and I'm finally going to be happy. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that like impacted your relationships like with your family and other people? Like if you didn't have the sense of like, I have a God who loves me and desires to give me good things, but you had to put it somewhere. Do you mm-hmm. think you put that on other people? Do you think you kind of internalized it? Yeah, I think I probably internalized it. Mm -hmm. I also think I didn't learn how to enjoy what was right in front of me Mm. because I, I was 
really, and I still struggle with this, of like escapism. Mm. And so I read a lot of books growing up. Um, and most of them were about, most of them were Nicholas Sparks. Oh, yeah. So it was like, oh, I'm going to find this man and he's going to save me. And yep. everything, everything's going to fall into place after that. Yeah. Like that's how the story goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just like the sense of desiring adventure because mm-hmm. it's like their lives are uprooted. And now they have this like small town store that they have to save. But luckily it's in a beautiful mountainous <laughs> area or beach town. Right. Like that just started setting my expectations for what life should be like or what mm-hmm. I wanted it to be like. Yeah. And I think by nature, I'm a dreamer. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I've always been the type that I'm like, oh, like, my life could be this or it could be that and kind of want, like, that crazy story. Yes. Um. So I think I just started escaping into those stories and not cultivating the relationships that were around me or leaning into them and just kind of counting down the days till college mm-hmm. since I was probably in eighth grade. Oh my goodness. So a long time. I'm imagining like a tiny tailor, like really wanting to take over, not take over the world, Oh yeah, but just like strike out and have this adventure and just be like a fully developed and grown adult uh-huh. at like 18. Oh, totally. I wanted to be an actress. When I wasn't like little, that like, is not surprising I to know. me at all. I used to like watch the X Games, uh, Disney X Games. Everyone, not the athletic <laughs> ones. I don't know if y'all remember that. I like brought them up the other day, and everyone was no. like, "I don't remember these." I don't remember. I Disney swear X they games. happened. I did not make them up. But it's it, gonna be. I'm gonna do a deep dive later. Uh, you should. This, and yeah. honestly, if I'm wrong, please tell me because I've like very <laughs> misremembered something. But I would watch the X Games and like cry because I saw these kids my age like doing these cool, big, fun things, Aww. and I was like woe is me I'm stuck in this small Oklahoma town like just not... winning beauty pageants yeah and... yeah winning beauty well some <laughs> yeah but just also like two. winning just the state two. fair yeah leaving your beautiful rut That's like true I totally forgot that I won the state fair one year yeah that was fun yeah was but it wasn't memory. enough it wasn't enough it, it didn't, didn't fulfill f- me it didn't fulfill you it did not fulfill me guys key lesson in life even if you win the state fair <laughs> your life is <laughs> gonna high be bar. lacking oh my goodness okay so you eventually you go to college. Was yes. it? I mean, we all know the answer to this question. And this, let me preface this by saying, like, this isn't just Taylor Hadwiger as a teenager, totally. like the only person in the world who's ever had an unmet expectation. Like, a all of us. B all the time. Like, mm-hmm. we all have these expectations throughout our lives, and we never stop having them, mm-hmm. and they never stop disappointing us right like totally so I don't mean to phrase this as in like this was Taylor's story (laughs) this is our story forever and we're hearing your perspective on it yes so well not forever that was theologically incorrect you're right one day we'll be totally fulfilled yes right it'll be great it'll be awesome I just was like wait hold on everyone there's hope sorry there's hope there is hope at the end of this there's hope right now there is there is right now okay okay so you get to college was it everything that you dreamed that it would be? For a second, it was. A second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There for mm. a moment, y'all, I was thriving. Oh, no. Well, in the worldly sense. Yeah. Um. So, like, my goal for college was I want to be the it girl. Like, that was just <laughs> my dream was I was like, I want to be the it girl. And so the reason I felt like I had achieved this was I ended up getting an authority that was 
respected. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but it was just like one of the ones that I was like, yeah, I feel like a cool girl because I'm in the sorority. Mm -hmm. Um, The girl in my sorority that I thought was so cool wanted me to be her little. So I was like, oh my goodness. All of my pledge class thought I was so fun. You've arrived. Yeah. I was like the life of the party. Like everyone was like, oh, I love spending time with Taylor. And I was like, Still true. Yeah, that's still so true. Kind. That's so kind. And um, I started dating this boy that was a junior, and I was a little baby freshman. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I was just like the coolest thing that's ever happened. Yeah. And so, yeah, my first semester, I thought I was totally thriving. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is everything that I wanted and more. Well, maybe not. There still was like <laughs> the missed expectations in it. I've even mm-hmm. thinking back, I'm like, wait, isn't this boy I'm dating supposed to be like obsessed with me? Like he's oh not. Goodness. Like he's just like, I mean, we're dating, but like, I like you're supposed to, this is supposed to be a Nicholas Sparks book. Like, why are you right. not worshiping the ground that I walk Absolutely. on? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I would say there for a moment it did. Um, but second semester life hit mm-hmm. and I realized that people are not something that we should put our trust in or our circumstances. And mm-hmm. my friends ended up bailing on me. Um, Ooh. I honestly don't even really remember why. I just remember it was like, oh, they're like not inviting me to hang out anymore. And then like having a conversation about it and then being like, oh, we're like not going to hang out anymore. Oh gosh, um, that hurts. Yeah, oh. man, you know, that is... Yeah. It's tough out there, guys. Yeah. It really can't be. Right. Um, and then breaking up with the boy around the same time. Mm. And since I'd put all of my hope in those things of like, oh, I'm going to get to college and I'm going to find the friends that I feel like I've been lacking in small town Oklahoma. I'm going to find the boy mm-hmm. that I felt was lacking in small town Oklahoma. Um, it was just crushing because I'd put all of this hope in this circumstance that was supposed to change everything for me. Mm-hmm. And so it was in that moment that I became suicidal and I like had struggled with depression, but never to the point that I was like, okay, how many pills would I have to take right now to get out of this pain? Mm-hmm. And so ended up just sitting in my dorm room sobbing and was like, okay, like how many would I have to take for all of this to end? And that was the moment when the Lord met me and mm-hmm. was like, Hey, you're like, a really bad God of your life. Mm. And I was like, actually at that point, the Holy Spirit didn't really talk to me as personally as he does now. Yeah. Um, but I remember thinking like, oh, I'm pretty bad at this. Yeah. Like I've like gotten to a point where I like want to end my life. And so maybe I should try it the way that God has recommended mm-hmm. and see if it goes better for me. Yeah. And so, yeah, in his kindness, he used all of that to ultimately bring me to himself. Yeah. At that point, like, had anybody shared the gospel with you? Did you, like, have any encounter with scripture? Like, was it just this moment that you were like, oh, this is the end of myself and all I can turn to is the Lord? Like, Mm -hmm. what were some of the catalysts before? Yeah, totally. So I grew up going to church, so I knew who Jesus was and the story of the gospel and all the things. And again, like I said, if you'd asked if I was a believer, I would have told you I was. Mm -hmm. And I even remember being super disciplined to read my Bible in high school, but like no life change or fruit ever came out of it. Right. Other than I was probably really moralistic, Mm -hmm. but like it wasn't out of a right heart. Right. Um. And so when I got to college my freshman year, there were a few girls in my sorority and I noticed that there was a joy about them that was different Mm -hmm. Um, and I was intrigued by it. So I hung out with them and eventually they sat me down and ended up sharing the gospel with me. 
And while they were sharing it, it was like, okay, I've heard all of this before. Mm-hmm. But they got to the point where they started describing someone who knows a lot about Jesus and knows all of the right answers. Yeah. And then a Christian. Um, and the way that they described a Christian was this is someone who wants their entire life to center around God. They're mm-hmm. not perfect, but like they have a hope and desire to live every single day for the Lord. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that ain't me. Like, <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Like, he's like yeah. a compartment mm-hmm. and kind of like the person I like ask for things from. But like me waking up every day, like thinking about God and what he wants for my life. Like, no, thank you. Like, mm-hmm. that sounds exhausting and boring. Yeah. And so I remember in that moment, like being like, yeah, I don't think I'm a Christian. And they were like, do you want to become one? And I was like, N- no. Um, well, because at that point, everything was yeah. going great for me. So right. I was like, no, like mm-hmm. I'm doing fine on my own because yeah. this was my first semester of right. freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, after that, it was like my heart was almost even more hardened mm-hmm. towards God because I'd finally acknowledged like, oh, I'm not a Christian and I don't really have an interest in that. But like in that moment when I'd hit my low, yeah. I was just reminded of everything that they had said. And I was like, dang, maybe it would be better yeah. for me to live waking up every day, seeing what God wanted me to do versus not right. and like doing it my own way. Mm-hmm. And so that was my exposure to scripture and the gospel before that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I hadn't like read my Bible in a long time yeah. before that night. Mm-hmm. And certainly like you weren't motivated at all to like live a life that was obedient to the Lord in any way. There was no, like the Holy Spirit was not empowering you to Mm -hmm. do those things. Um, I'm trying to like think about how, how often when I've built an idol for myself, Mm -hmm. like, and I don't realize it. And then when the Lord gently convicts me or maybe not so gently convicts me about it. And I think, Oh, Wow, that thought of like, you're right, I am a terrible God. Yeah. Like, I am really horrible at thinking and deciding what is going to be best for me. Mm-hmm. And when you, when I see now in comparison, like the good, righteousness, peace that the Lord has for me, it doesn't even compare the thing that I've built up for so long. And I think, what was I doing? Yeah. Wow, that was a really, really dumb thing for me to think was going to satisfy me. Yeah. And yet, I'll do it again. Oh, totally. Yeah. I still do it all the time. Yeah. And then the Lord's like, hey, you're idolizing things again. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then he like shows me and I'm like, oh, oh yes. yeah, yeah, there it okay. is. Yeah. See it. Yeah. So you became a believer. Uh-huh. The Holy Spirit indwelled you. And what a, what a preachy thing for me to say. The Holy <laughs> Spirit indwelled you, Taylor. It's the truth. Yeah. Um, but from that moment on, was it like, oh, God has really good gifts for me and I totally trust him and I'm going to walk faithfully with him. Was it that like everything is rainbows and puppies and wonderfulness? Yeah, I've actually been perfect ever since. <laughs> That's amazing. I have no sin left in my body and everything's gone great. That's what your vlog should be about. I know. Um, no, 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 absolutely not. Um, so I don't even have the story of like I was saved and then I never drank again or did anything wrong. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, the next morning I 
called those girls that had shared the gospel with me and knew that they had a nine week discipleship training program going on over the summer mm-hmm. because they'd asked me to go to it before I had became a believer. And told and them I had no, thank told you. Them, there is no way I will be going to that. That is um, way too much Jesus time for me, but thank you for asking. <laughs> Um, and I call them the next day and I'm like, Hey, I think I became a Christian last night and I like, don't know what to do from here. Yeah. So like, what are the odds? There's a spot left for this summer. And so that was one of the first fruits I saw of just, okay, I like have the desire to seek God now. And so, yeah, I mean, my life still was a hot mess. Um, Mm -hmm. but I saw fruit. And so some of the ways that looked is I would go out with my friends and come back and read my Bible super drunk. Um, because I, I just, I didn't know better either. It was like, I kind of knew that drunkenness was wrong, but I didn't really know why. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, I'd come home and be like, I should read the Bible. (laughs) And that just like, was not like something I'd experienced before. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was just living in blatant sin up until the point that I went to this nine week discipleship training program. Mm -hmm. And when I got there, it was the first time that I got to experience a relationship with the Lord without living in blatant sin. Mm -hmm. And so I was still sinful, but I wasn't making my choice sins right? um, because I wasn't allowed to. Um, Yeah. This discipleship program, they did not approve of drunkenness or um, having impure relationships with men, which very glad that they didn't approve of those things. Sure. That's like a great sign that they didn't. Um, But that was the first time that I had those guardrails in place where I wasn't allowed to do those things. Mm -hmm. And so I was getting to one, even learn how to study my Bible and scripture, learning how to get to know God better, um, learning how to, I mean, I feel like prayer comes more naturally, at mm-hmm. least for me it did, but it was like, I was still more disciplined in it and like, yeah. yeah and it was just insane because I experienced peace for the first time. Mm. And I just very tangibly remember a moment where a guy that I'd had an on and off relationship with texted me over that summer and in the past, I would have very easily been like, yeah, let's get back together. And I just remember texting him back and being like, hey, I like don't know how to explain this to you, but I'm experiencing a peace that I've never experienced before. And I don't like think I want to trade that peace for getting back together with you. Yeah. Um. And so it was things like that where I was like getting to experience the fruit of God and getting to experience what that oneness of relationship felt like with him when mm-hmm. I wasn't living in blatant rebellion. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of my first experiences after becoming a believer. Mm-hmm. That's incredible to have like a whole nine weeks with people like, I'm trying to think of it also from the perspective of the friends that like shared the gospel yeah. with you and got turned down and like now they're totally. walking with you faithfully through the summer. I'm assuming they were there too. They were, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, did you find it that like continued like after the summer like did they stay close friends with you did that discipleship kind of continue yeah so I was so convinced when I was at this discipleship program that I was going to go back and be a new woman Mm -hmm. like I'd felt the difference in my life and my heart right um and I was like man I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna flee from sin and temptation and it's gonna be great and um, put a lot into my own behavior modification versus in relying on the spirit. Yeah. And so I got back and I started experiencing temptation immediately. Yeah. And it was the first time I had to deal with conviction. So there were like, yeah, I had a few moments where it was like, 
okay, I think I want to choose this and I want to choose going back to my old lifestyle. And then I'd feel convicted about it when I read my Bible Mm -hmm. that day. And so I had to make a choice in that moment because I'm very much so also the type of person that if I'm all in, I'm all in, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I can't do this Christian thing half in, half out. Like it's going to destroy me. And so I was like, I don't think I can. Like, I don't think I have the desire or the behavior modification, the mm-hmm. self, self-will self to do that. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to renounce my faith. <laughs> like, that's how Whoa. this works. Oh, my like, goodness. We'll just, we'll just not be a Christian. Like, I'll go yeah. back to it eventually. Um, but not right now. And so I quit reading my Bible. Um, I told people not to talk to me about Jesus Mm -hmm. and quit going to church. Just everything I could to flee from the Lord I did because I was experiencing conviction and I didn't want it. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Lord in His kindness gave me back everything that I'd had my first semester, but in like fourfold. Wow. And so I had like friends that I thought were cooler. And this is a random fun fact about me. I love Oklahoma State football. Um, And (laughs) I was like going to parties with the Oklahoma State football players. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm at a party with James Washington. Like I couldn't get any cooler than this. Um, And started dating a guy who like worshiped the ground that I walked on. And I hadn't experienced that before. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my Nicholas Sparks book is fun about me. Like somebody filmed me Yes, Yeah. And he was like very much so like bad boy vibes. And I was like, oh, I'm going to like, it's going to be that Nicholas Sparks book where you like heal the bad boy. And goodness, honestly, this is one of my favorite fun facts about my life because I think it's hilarious. He had nipple piercings. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You can cut that up if y'all need to. (laughs) I don't know if that's appropriate or not, but I just think it's a funny fun fact. That is not one you shared with me before. I know. I didn't know if I shared that with you during the interview, but that's what I mean by like bad boy vibes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but he treats me like a princess. It's like basically (laughs) exactly Nicholas Sparks. Yeah. Um, and so anyways, I, but I still something like I felt that something was missing and it was not fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And I remember being like, man, I have everything that I want. And like, why am I not filled with joy? And why is this not enough? And I knew the answer, but I was in denial of it. Yeah. And so the Lord and his kindness yet again took everything away. Like it happened exactly the same way it had my freshman year. Wow. Where it's like the boy broke up with me out of nowhere. My friend's I'm I remember that one I remember they're like yeah you're just kind of annoying and I was like oh cool yeah yeah, yeah, that checks out thanks oh goodness um and so everything crumbled and even that was just in the Lord's perfect timing because over the summer I had signed up for this organization's winter conference Mm -hmm. and so literally all of this happened like the morning that I was supposed to go to that conference and I had decided I wasn't going to go to the conference because I was like, they're going to tell me that because I'm living in impure relationships and drunkenness, Mm -hmm. I'm going to hell. And I don't want to hear it. Like that (laughs) is literally like where I was at. Uh And I was like, I don't want to feel convicted for my sin. I don't want to turn from it. I obviously had an improper view of theology at that time because I thought I had to like earn my salvation. Right. But I still wanted to run from the conviction that I was experiencing. Right. And so I was like, yeah, I'm not going. And then literally my boyfriend like breaks up with me that morning. And I'm like, well, I can sit at home in small town, Oklahoma and be sad. Or I can go to Oklahoma City and like maybe go to these conferences. And so I went and the Lord was just like, hey, like 
you need help. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Because he was <laughs> like, things are not working out. You can't do this on your own. Mm-hmm. It has not been going well for you. Like you have to like invite other people into your walk. And so I went up to this older Pi-Fi and was just like, hey, uh, I really need help following Jesus. And would you help me? Which I think another really funny, like fun part of my story, which I tell people often, is that I asked for help because I now thought the solution would be a Christian boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, <clears throat> if I had a Christian boyfriend, like he wouldn't Sorry. tempt me to walk in sexual immorality. Um, instead of going and getting drunk on the weekends, we could go on cute little dates. Well, yeah, that's um, what's going to fix you, Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, that's what happens. That's how sin works, is mm. you just find another person and it fixes it for you. Because they're not sinful either. No, 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 right. no, no. No, this guy was going to be perfect. Oh, he was no. going to be perfect. Um, but I realized through all of these conference talks, oh, I'm the type of girl that they're telling these boys to flee from. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I like how am I supposed to find my boo thing that's gonna make things <laughs> better for me if I'm the one they're telling to flee from so I like had the most like like not awesome yeah. intentions in asking someone to disciple me yeah like I mean the Lord used it but it's sure. like I tell people all the time I'm like I was out there looking for the one and I found the one you know mm, yep mm, mm-hmm. yes okay anyways um so I'd asked this girl to start discipling me And she was so patient with me because for the next six months, we would meet up. She would read through scripture with me, um, be like, how was your weekend? And I'm like, you know, I did all of the the normal things, Mm -hmm. like had some immoral relationships and drank a lot of alcohol and show me in scripture where it says I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And then she would show me and I'd be like, you know what? That's great. I don't want to stop. So required a lot of patience, a lot of grace. Um. And yeah, and so over that summer, though, I had the option to go back to that same program or I could stay in Stillwater and house it. Like those were my two options that I had for the summer. And I truly think it was the Holy Spirit that was like, hey, you should stay in Stillwater. I was like, okay. So that summer it was me, just me. I didn't have a discipler. Um, and I really, really wanted out of my sin at this point. Yeah. Like at some point in the summer, my sin just got exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I, I don't want to live like this anymore, but I really don't know how to get out of it. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to start reading self-help books. And oh boy. yeah, I was like, and if you've heard the other podcast, you got to hear this little portion. But mm-hmm. I started getting all these self-help books from Christian authors and was like, man, one of them's going to have the secret sauce. Like they're going to have the words that are going to make me want to flee from my sin and never sin again. Um, so I was on book like number seven of the summer. Oh my goodness. That's so many. So many. Yeah. And I was getting discouraged too. Yeah. Cause I was like, wait, I'm reading all of this, but I'm still like mm-hmm. going out and getting really drunk and turning to all these other things to fulfill me. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try one more book. And so I got online, ended up finding a New Testament devotional Mm -hmm. and was like, oh, it's only eight books. And I was a really cute cover. Might as well try. (laughs) Um, And so I ended up buying that. And I remember even the first thing that I read was just Psalm 51. Mm -hmm. And that like became my prayer and my cry for that summer was just like, Lord, create within me a clean heart. Mm -hmm. Like I obviously do not have one. And I like know that I'm sinful. And like I desperately need you to intervene here. Mm -hmm. And so uh, continue just reading that book daily. 
And it was insane watching my desires just transform. Like I definitely still had desire for sin, but it was the first time that I was like, okay, I think I finally desire holiness enough to say no to sin. Yeah. And so it was really hard and I don't ever want to make it be like, you don't have to make hard choices. But also like, if you're not reading God's word, I don't know how you're going to be empowered to make those hard choices. Right. And so by the end of the summer, I had um, committed to walking in sexual purity and to not having a sip of alcohol until I turned 21. Mm-hmm. So I turned 20 that summer. Yeah. And then was like, okay, for the next year, like I'm, I don't want to drink alcohol. Um, so yeah, it was pretty wild when I came back my junior year because I moved in with some Pi-Fi's that were believers who had pursued me before. And they were like, wait, what's going on? Like, you're like not drinking and you like read your Bible every day. And mm-hmm. like, how did this happen? Like, none of us were even here this summer. Yeah. Like, how? And so, yeah, that was kind of the first year of Taylor trying to follow the Lord. Yeah. And you have an excellent story about fleeing from temptation. I do. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So um, I still would go to like the tailgates and things Mm -hmm. during the fall, but I would drink, I drink a lot of monsters. (laughs) Those energy drinks. I know. I know. I can imagine you on monsters. Oh my gosh. Honestly, I don't know if caffeine actually affects me. I think it maybe just like hit a barrier. Yeah. I don't know. But I would like drink the monsters. So I had something in my hand. Mm -hmm. Um, And inevitably I would go to these tailgates where I would have a past with some of the guys. Mm -hmm. And I just remember one tailgate, one of the guys came up to me and put his hands on my shoulder and I verbally go, nope. And just like (laughs) took off, just like took off and was like, I cannot be here right now. Like not today, Satan. Like I will not fall back into this temptation. And I just left the tailgate. Um, And one of my friends texted me and was like, bro, where did you go? She literally was just like, where are you? And I was like, girl, I had to flee temptation. Like that's what just happened. And I was like, I'm at a different tailgate. Like you're gonna have to. I'm like I'm a. You're gonna have to come to me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was just stuff like that of yeah. like the Holy Spirit being like, Get yeah, go. Like we can't even. Mm-hmm. We can't even have a conversation. Like yeah. you just got to say nope and get out. That's hilarious. But what obedience? You listened right away, just like that. Yeah, it took time. So as you grew in your faith and matured, um, how did your like how did that affect your desires? Like before in your life you thought a lot about like, why don't I have this? Why hasn't God given me this? Did you find that as you were growing in your knowledge of the Lord, that he was changing the things that you desired? Yeah. I would say the first thing I noticed was a desire for holiness. Mm -hmm. So I just hadn't had that previously. Mm -hmm. And so I even just remember my junior year, just having this deep desire for the scriptures Mm. um, and seeing that change from... Like, I still to this day, I'm kind of shocked that I was like, oh, I'm not even going to try to find a boyfriend or a husband. Yeah. Because I feel like that's something that was on my mind so often. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, no, 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 no. Like right now, like all I want to find is the Lord and I want to be transformed by him. Yeah. And so even just seeing that desire and that hunger was like so different. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think after that, like just seeing my desire to pursue his will for my life. Mm -hmm. And so that was another desire that I started seeing change was like, okay, I like really want to pursue the Lord and want to pursue what he has for me. 
And believing that I was going to find joy in life in those places. Yeah. Like in the past, I thought it was just going to be this like sad, boring existence and that it was going to be really hard and really not joy filled. Right. And it can be hard. Like oh, it yeah. definitely has its hard moments. But just seeing that it is more joy filled than I would have anticipated mm-hmm. or thought it would be. Absolutely. I think there's like in any moment in the life of a believer – when we come up against circumstances that are less than ideal, mm-hmm. like the temptation is always to despair. Totally. But if we can recall a time in our lives, like when we were actually in despair, like yeah. where we there was no hope for us because we didn't know the saving grace yeah. of Jesus Christ, that despair is gone. Like that despair mm-hmm. is dead and in the grave. Mm-hmm. And any despair that we have as a believer is a lie. Because yeah. we know we have the hope of Christ. Um, and so I think there's a, it's good for me. I think about this a lot because life circumstances are yeah. just bizarre. And the more I think that I'm like, oh, I'm almost 40, I should have my life figured out. Mm. That is also a lie. But I look at my life and I'm like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And I have no, ounce of despair in that. Like mm-hmm. the Lord is faithful and good and he's given me these weird circumstances for a good purpose. Yeah. And it's hard to remember it when people are like, whoa, you live with your parents? Well, yeah, I do. <sighs> that probably should send off a red flag in my head, but you know what? The Lord is using it for good and I'm doing yeah. this out of a service to the Lord. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever it is that we're up against. But yeah. And I would say that's a perspective I'm learning to fight for right now. Mm-hmm. Of I would say even in my earlier years of walking with the Lord, I just was like, oh my gosh, I bet the Lord has so much for me. Like I just had no idea what he was, like my future had. Right. And so I think even just my junior, senior year, I was like, oh yeah, I'm like really going to pursue the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like going to reap all of these benefits of... And I think some of it was healthy. I think some of it wasn't. Right. Um, And so even just knowing that I was going to go to Dallas and do Watermarks Institute program was so exciting to me. Yeah. And was like, man, what am I going to get to do after that? Like, what kind of big ministry am I going to get to do? Like, mm-hmm. am I going to meet my husband? Like, how is this going to go? Right. And I just had all this hope that the Lord was going to bring good things into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, And then it was just like, man, my life has not gone like what I anticipated it would go like over the last four years. Mm -hmm. And even just this past week, had to confess to the Lord, I think I'm disappointed with where my life's at. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I thought I'd be in a lot different place than I am at 25. Mm -hmm. And even just went through a few weeks of feeling depressed. And so was getting to wrestle with the Lord on that and Mm -hmm. recognize, oh man, like my perspective has gotten skewed. Right. And I've made it so about Taylor and I've like, I've defined what I think is good Mm -hmm. versus leaning into what the Lord defines as good. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really humbling and good to be reminded, like, I'm not there yet. <laughs> like oh, yeah. I, I still have so much growing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just like getting to talk about my story has been so sweet to be reminded of all that the Lord has yeah. saved me from. Right. And like to be reminded of like, man, I have a really, really good portion in eternal life. Right. And so, yeah, that's definitely a perspective that I've been learning that I'm not great at having and that I've been trying to fight for over the past couple of months Mm -hmm. or a year it's been it's been a while yeah yeah I think it will probably 
Well, a lifetime. It's a lifetime of learning yeah. that we get to do. Totally. Yeah. Um, you, I was thinking about this the other day because we talked a lot about like your desire to be in ministry mm-hmm. and how the Lord has like shaped your path to ministry. Yeah. Um, and the fact that like wanting to be in ministry is a good thing. Like yeah. it's a good desire to want to serve the Lord. Um, do you find that like, especially early on, like as a newer believer, mm-hmm. when you first started thinking about wanting to be in ministry or pursue that as a career, do you think there was like a level of like, yes, I desire that for the goodness of God's kingdom. And also because it would be great for Taylor. Totally. Yeah. Oh, there was definitely mixed motives in it. Mm-hmm. And so I always thought that I was going to end up in college ministry, just like right off the bat. Um, so I'd been doing, well, doing college ministry. I was discipling girls in my sorority my senior year, mm-hmm. and I loved it. And I just thought it was the most life-giving, fun thing ever. And so I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do with my career. And so that's why Watermarks Institute programs seemed like the best next step. Mm-hmm. Um And I thought I was going to get paired with college. I didn't. I got paired with middle school. That's not college. Which was a big, (laughs) like, change for me. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, you want me to go from working with, like, 18 to 20-year-olds to, like, I don't even know how old they are in middle school, but they're sixth graders. And I was like, that's a big difference. Mm -hmm. And so right off the bat, I was just disappointed in what my ministry experience was and was going to be. And even in that, got to see the Lord's kindness because Mm -hmm. I ended up having the best time doing middle school ministry. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. I I still to this day, I'm like, Lord, you'd have to make it really clear if you wanted me to do that full time. (laughs) Um, But like saw so much of his hand and kindness in it Mm -hmm. and just like, man, I grew a love for middle school students that I didn't know I could have. Um, And I got to see a different side of ministry that I didn't know about. Like I'd always been doing the ministry that was after the wounds. And so it was like the helping girls heal and helping them get out of sin patterns. Right. Where middle school is more preventative. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, man, here's the commands of God. And this is why we should follow them. And like, let me tell you my story in hopes that you will flee from that. Right. Um, and so it's sweet looking back and seeing that in my disappointment, mm-hmm. the Lord had such a sweet gift for me. Yeah. Um, and even after that, it was like, okay, now I'm going to go work in college ministry or like at least work for a church. Yeah. And that just wasn't the path that the Lord had for me. Like I ended up going back to being a barista for a year, mm-hmm. which I really did feel like the Lord was calling me to. Yeah. But also part of it was just there were no doors opened, mm-hmm. which was a little confusing and disorienting to me because right. I was like, Lord, this is a good desire. Like why... Why are you not opening the door? Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, it was like, as as a barista, I was like, okay, I'll just apply again to try and work in ministry and just kept getting no's. And I was like, wait, I'm confused. Like, yeah. you put this desire for ministry on my heart. I keep getting no's. Like, what's going yeah. on here, God? And mm-hmm. this is like a good desire. So right. what, like, what the heck? Um, and so then I went to work as a real estate admin, <laughs> which I have so many stories from those <laughs> days. Um and yeah, just had so many closed doors um, until the Lord finally opened a door for me to do ministry. And I'm now in college ministry, which still feels a little surreal to yeah. say. Mm-hmm. But even in that, the Lord was like, hey, guess what? <laughs> like, you now have your dream, but it's not like as fulfilling as you thought it'd be. And it's still really hard. And yeah, yeah so it's been really sweet for him to let me experience disappointment mm-hmm. just to see 
like one that he knows better than we do Mm -hmm. um and two just so that i am not tempted to put my hope in those things yeah Mm -hmm. i think what a wise thing too like even when we know like we are desiring a good thing Mm -hmm. like when i know i desire like lord i want to grow in my prayer like life this year that is a good desire and in the background like Yes, I do desire that, but I also desire order and control. And while I can have my good desire here, I also have to battle that sinful desire to like, no, I actually just want to control how my morning goes. Or I want to I want to grow my prayer life, but I also want to do it my way. Yeah. And I don't really want to surrender like sleeping a little bit later in the morning or I don't want to surrender like putting my time towards something else. Like totally. I just want to do it my way. And I'm pretty sure my way is great, Lord. It might be really good. Oh, my gosh. All the time I'm like, God, my plane's better, okay? And he's like, do you really believe that? And I'm like, no, No. but like kind of, you know? (laughs) I'm like, no, for real, God. I really think if we did it this way, it'd just be easier. Yeah. He's like, girl. No. Like, are you all wise? (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, No, not not I. I'm not. Nope, I'm not. Um, But how good that he's so faithful. He's so patient with us. Oh, he's so patient. Um, what do you do? This might be my last question, just so you know, we're wrapping up, but I want to know, like, what do you do when you don't feel like following the Lord? Yeah, this is a great question. Um, I recently had a moment with the Lord where I just was like, man, this is not fun. Like, this is really hard and painful. And kind of like I was saying earlier, I was like, I'm just not where I thought I'd be at 25. And there's a lot of desires that I have that the Lord hasn't fulfilled and have had times where it's like, this could just be so much easier and less painful and was really tempted to go back to my old lifestyle, Mm -hmm. which I haven't had that like strong of a desire to go back to it as I did a couple of weeks ago and was just sitting with the Lord because I was like, I like, where else am I supposed to go? You know? And I was sitting there and I was so mad at him. And I just heard the words of Matthew of, will you two turn and no longer follow me? Mm. And I just responded and was like, to whom else will I go? You have the words of eternal life. And so I, yeah, I think one of the sweetest gifts the Lord's given me is um, a desire for learning. Mm. And so one of the things I wanted to learn when I became a new believer was the apologetics of just what is the scientific and historical reliability behind this faith that I'm following? Yeah. Um, Cause I chosen to follow it out of what I was experiencing in my life. Mm-hmm. But then it got to a point where I was like, Oh, I'm sacrificing a lot for this. Right. Like my entire life trajectory is changing. At that point I was considering going into overseas missions in a really dangerous area mm-hmm. and was like, am I about to die for something that isn't real? Yeah. Like, is that what's about to happen here? And so I picked up a book called, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Um, and it was written by, uh, a professor of philosophy and another professor of science. And both of them were agnostic when they started writing this book. Wow. And so this book just starts showing all of these facts of like why the Bible is the most historically reliable book of all time mm-hmm. and like how science and and philosophy and all the ways that were made point to God mm-hmm. and the fact that he is real. Yeah. And so I won 
would highly encourage you to study apologetics because there is no shame in basing some of your faith in facts. Right. I think it's good and healthy. Yeah. And, and we're called to defend our faith. So I'm like, Absolutely. when you are like called to defend it, like it's good to know these things. But at least for me, it's been an anchor of when I'm not feeling it, mm-hmm. of when I'm like, man, God, I don't feel like pursuing holiness. Like right now, my desire is not holiness. Mm-hmm. I'm able to go back to like, the most logical thing for me to do right. is to believe these words mm-hmm. because they have literally historically been proven to be the most reliable document that has ever ex- ever existed. Yeah, And so like, I would be so foolish. Um, And it's just sweet too, seeing the Holy Spirit work in my life of those moments, like having a like conversation with God through his words. Yes. And so, yeah, that's where I've been turning to recently when my emotions just haven't been there right um turning to scriptures and just letting him meet Mm -hmm. me there in it that's good okay i was lying when i said i was be the last question because i remembered something that you said earlier that i was like oh no i needed to talk about that because it was really good okay you were talking about a c.s lewis quote um about mud pies yes okay you started talking about that and then you said something that would like it shook me and i was like oh my goodness you said something like I went far less from my life than what the Lord has. Mm-hmm. I butchered that. So you just start talking and it will be beautiful. No, totally. I feel like the Lord a lot recently has been like, hey, I want so much more for you than you want for yourself. Like you are so quick to settle and you are so quick to be like, yeah, that's good enough. Like mm-hmm. that's great with me. <laughs> um, and I recently reread that C.S. Lewis quote of like the child is more than content to go ahead and play with mud pies in the slums because they don't understand what's being offered to them yeah. whenever they're offered a vacation at sea. Mm-hmm. And he ends that by saying we are far too easily pleased. Yeah. And so the Lord has just been bringing that up a lot. And then another like phrase that he's been bringing up a lot in my mind is he's like, hey, you can continue to wish for a different life than the one that I've given you, or you can cultivate the one that I've entrusted to you. Mm. And so just recognizing that I have that option of like, man, I can keep sitting here and being like, well, God, why aren't you doing this? Yeah. Like, why aren't you doing that? Like, why why do you do that in that person's life, but not in mine? Mm-hmm. Or I can look at all of the things that he's placed in my life and be like, okay, God, how do you want me to cultivate this? Yeah. And even just being reminded, like, I'm far too easily pleased. Mm-hmm. And so I think I want all of these things, but it's like, is that me settling? Like I would, I like, yeah, I'd be settling if I had all of the things that I thought I wanted instead mm-hmm. of walking in what the Lord's entrusted to me. Yeah. And so those are just some things that the Lord's placed in my mind recently that have stirred my affections to continue pursuing him and to mm-hmm. see what's in front of me and stop living in this fantasy world of, well, if this, if that, and be like, okay, right. but what is, mm. and how do I, how do I steward this? Right. Because the Lord's entrusted it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Okay. There are many things that I love about everything you said and about you as a person. <laughs> one of the things that I love is that when we were first talking about this, and one of the things that came to mind was this lie that God withholds good from us yeah. when we don't experience something we expected or we thought yeah. we wanted. But never once when you've spoken about this, have I ever seen you be like not a hundred percent confident that mm. the Lord was going to like do what he's going to do. Like yeah. there's almost an unshakableness in the confidence that you have to pursue the thing that you are convinced 
this is it. Like, mm. this is from the Lord and I'm going to do it. And he will like show up. He will show up. Yeah. And the fact that like, you've been able to look back on those moments in your life when the Lord in his mercy mm-hmm. and grace, like put things in your life and remove things from your life. Yeah. Not just to demonstrate that he knows better, but also you said this, that to show you that it, like his way is better because he's good. Yeah. Like that is a goodness and a gift. Um, so you, if you are listening to this, just text Taylor, <laughs> meet with her for coffee because there's like a million other things that I think you could talk about for hours and hours. But Oh yeah. I have a lot of random stories that hopefully will give you a giggle. Yes. I am. And then it like turns into like this deep theological conversation. It's kind of like whiplash, but I think it's fun. I agree. So yeah. I had co- coffee almost coming out of my nose last time. There <laughs> we go. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Taylor. I'm going to pray to close our time. And thank you. I'm grateful that you came today. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Lord, um, you are our good father. Um, you are our good shepherd. Um, I love that you have created us in such unique ways that we get to see um, desires you've put in our hearts fulfilled, and you have taken the time and care and patience to show us that we need you. We need you desperately, and that when we follow you, you are faithful to be good to us. Not good in the ways that we expect, but good in the ways that you know will draw us closer to you and will give us the righteousness and peace that you have promised in scripture when we delight in you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it never fails and that it always is faithful to change us to be more like your son, Jesus Christ. And I thank you for the gift of friendship and fellowship. Um, I pray that you would um, take us through this day in a way that honors you, um, not for our glory, but for yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, can I say one more thing? Yeah. You guys can choose to keep it or cut it or do whatever you want with it. Yeah. But the Lord just put this on my mind. Yeah. Of like, I think where he's rooting my confidence now is Revelation 21. I like know how my story is going to end. Like one day I'm going to meet him face to face and he's going to wipe away every single tear that I've cried and I'm going to get to see the bridegroom and I'm going to be holy and blameless and spotless. And I'm like, dang, like that is literally how my story is going to end. And so like why despair when I know that's the ending of my story Mm -hmm. and like just an encouragement of like, if you are in Christ, that's the end of your story too. Yes. Like we all have the same end of our story and it is good. Mm-hmm. And so that's like where I'm trying to root my confidence and hope in life now is like no matter what passes in this life, I like know that the end of my story is a good one. Yep. I'm so glad you said that. I just was like, oh, like I could feel the spirit burning within me. And he was like, I know it's going to be Stay awkward, but you're going to have to ask. And I was like, okay, cool. I will. Yeah. I'm so glad you did. Yeah. And it goes back to the thing when we met the other day and you were like, we're all of us in the middle of our story till yeah. the day we die. And that is, I mean, first of all, yes, true. But also like, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the picture that we need in our head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Taylor. Yeah. Thanks for listening. For more episodes, be sure to follow Encouraged and Equipped.